Welcome listeners to One Mission, the podcast. We're delighted that you're able to be a part of our audience at whatever occasion and time during the day you're able to participate in this. We also want to remind you that we're on YouTube for the visual part. And this podcast is a focus on missional issues and concerns and also developments. We primarily focus on trying to interview leaders that can help us stay on mission with the Great Commission, hence our name, One Mission. We're delighted today to have a person who really has a one mission approach to his ministry, and that is Dr. Bart Barber. He's the Southern Baptist Convention president. He's been reelected for a second term and coming out of the convention about a month ago or so, he has had some time to be able to assess what happened. And we'll talk with, with him regarding that and other matters as we look at ourselves as a Southern Baptist Convention family. Bart, we want to welcome you to One Mission, the podcast. Thank you, Rick. And, and thank you, Alabama Baptists. What a blessing it is to come and participate in your podcast today. Well, Alabama Baptists are, uh, I think, among the most loyal of Southern Baptists. We kind of are a microcosm of Southern Baptists. We have now for about 12, 15 years been the leading state convention in giving through the cooperative program for SBC causes. Now, that doesn't mean we're the biggest convention or have the most churches, but we are among the most generous. So welcome to this time together. Bart, you've been able to be president now, what, 13 months, president of the SBC. You, you already knew Southern Baptist well, but you probably have learned some things about Southern Baptist that maybe you didn't expect to know, or you may have had affirmed what you already had in mind. Can you tell us just kind of a 30,000 feet view of what the role of being SBC president has meant for you? Well, it's a great honor to be able to serve the family of churches that led me to Christ. Uh, I was uh, I was born to Southern Baptist parents and grew up in a small rural Southern Baptist church and uh, never thought of myself as anything but uh, someone who was a Southern Baptist. And um, and I, I've got to say that I've benefited greatly from Southern Baptist and yeah. from the cooperative program. I have um, I have uh, three degrees from schools who are supported by the cooperative program uh, and serve at, uh, at, at churches that have benefited from this fellowship for many, many years. So there's a lot I knew about the SBC before being elected president. Um, I've had some things confirmed since then uh, that, um, that are important to me. Um, I just always believed that the Southern Baptist family was more than the sum of its parts, Rick. Uh, I think uh, I've, I've said to many people, as someone who trained in our history, who studies the history of the Southern Baptist Convention, the great mystery of the history of our convention is that we continue to exist uh, yes. because we formed around something that nobody supports anymore, uh, around the idea of making sure that slaveholders could be appointed as missionaries. Uh, we weren't the only ones who did that. Uh, almost almost every denomination of churches in the U.S., if they had any substantial presence in the North and in the South, they all split during the Civil War. Yeah. The others came back together, but Southern Baptists retained a separate existence uh, for reasons other than uh, slavery. And after the war was gone and that was settled, Southern Baptists continued on. And um, God 
has blessed us with uh, the ability to survive our worst mistakes. Uh, And you just have to be thankful to the Lord for that. Uh, We make mistakes. Uh, You have to ask yourself, why is it that God continues to invest in the Southern Baptist family when we're a people who make mistakes? And I think the reason is because God's greatness and his glory is shown in choosing to work through Southern Baptist people, Southern Baptist churches to try to reach the world with the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I think that's something that's been confirmed for me because we face issues and difficult questions today. Uh, We're vulnerable to making mistakes today. And yet I just I walk out of our meeting in New Orleans with a stronger sense than ever that that God has his hand on us, that the Holy Spirit is at work through us, that his presence is bigger than the presence of whatever our foibles or weaknesses or flaws are. And I'm optimistic, more optimistic than ever about the future of our family of churches. Well, Bart, that is one of the best summaries and of the essence of Southern Baptist life as I've ever heard. So well done. Thank you. You are balancing the roles of being a pastor, a husband, a father, without being SBC president. And from what I can tell from a distance, you've handled that quite well. I know it's challenging. Well, um, it's been a very difficult year for me for serving as, uh, as president of the SBC. Um, I was I was reluctant to do this. Uh, I know everybody's supposed to say that uh, that they're reluctant to do it, but but I really was. Um, my my daughter is a senior in high school this year. It's a difficult mm-hmm. year uh, to be traveling around to do Southern Baptist things. Uh, my son is twenty, so they're both really at uh, vulnerable and important age uh, for their dads. Affections to be distracted away by other things. Uh, most of the people who are watching this will know that my mother has been sick and passed away yes. just before the yeah. convention's annual meeting. Um, and also First Baptist Farmersville is in a position where uh, after many, many years of being about the same size, uh, our community has started to grow and our church has started to grow. And uh, they need me more now. Probably every aspect of my life needs me more now than they needed me uh, two or three years ago. Uh, and so, um, you know, I've just had a sense of calling from the Lord for all of those things. God yeah. called me to be a pastor here at FBC Farmersville. He's called me to my wife and to my children and to my siblings and to all of those responsibilities. And He also, I feel, called me to serve as president of the SBC. And uh, I know I do all those things imperfectly, uh, but I'm doing my best uh, to try to, to try to serve them all faithfully. The key word there is calling. And when you have a calling, you have a sense of balance. That's kind of mythical. Balance is a myth in a way, but you have a, what I call a wobbly balance that comes Mm -hmm. when you have a calling of God, humanly speaking, it's just hard to get a, true balance. But you, I think of what I can tell, you've done an excellent job. And the fact that you didn't have anyone added to your staff to be able to help you with this says a lot about the church and a lot about you and a lot about your staff as well. So I commend you. You've got an amazing staff here. And honestly, our bench is pretty deep when it comes to members of this church too. And so 
everyone has stepped up in commendable ways. Well, not every church is built and oriented to do that. So that says a lot about First Baptist Church, Farmersville. Now, looking back on New Orleans, just a moment, we did that. We had a lot of business matters to consider there. And uh, things, uh, well, you had those technical difficulties. You probably don't know this, but I was sitting on the front row right under the podium where you were. So I was close enough on Tuesday to see your eyes, see your facial expressions, to also watch the parliamentarian at work. Um, I, I think this is his first year to be chief parliamentarian. Is that right? Well, it is, yes, Al Gage. <laughs> yeah, he uh, watched all of that. So I know those technical dif- difficulties like that can kind of knock you off your equilibrium, but you handle that quite well. The uh, I know that the I was in on the executive committee meeting, saw where uh, matters were coming out, such as the law amendment. And of course, that got some uh, uh, another amendment to it, the Sanchez amendment to that. I guess it's the law Sanchez amendment now. And we're scheduled in next year in Indianapolis to vote on it again. And it has to have two thirds, right? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, our procedure for amending the Constitution requires a two thirds vote two years consecutive. And for our listeners, what what that's about is when you do a constitutional change, it's two years. It has to reach a, a, the threshold and above of two thirds. And this is the first year that's voted on. And I guess people are kind of digesting that now and looking toward 24. What I'd like to do is ask you about if you can talk about this. I don't know if you, you just let us know matters you can't talk about. That's, that's understandable. Uh, the uh, committee that will be uh, the cooperation study committee or study group. Um, what is the, you don't have to mention names, what's the makeup, the mission, and the methodology of presenting it to the convention? And What do you foresee on that if you could talk about it? You alliterate like a good preacher. Uh, Rick. <laughs> well, that, that just came out. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, the, the wording of the motion itself required that I appoint a task force that is broadly representative. And so I take that seriously. I think uh, the president of the convention has basically three responsibilities. The responsibility to protect the rights of the messenger body, uh, the responsibility to answer any questions that the messenger body has, and the responsibility to execute what the messenger body has told them to do. This is one of those cases where, where two of those things are in play at the same time. Uh, I, I have to execute a responsibility that was given to me. I'm supposed to appoint a committee, and I've been told that that committee is to be broadly representative. So it's going to have to be a large enough group uh, in order to try to represent as well as possible what's a very broad and diverse family of churches uh, here in the SBC. And um, so it's it's going to have to be broadly representative in that way. I, I hope to have it made up from people of different ages. We have we have younger people who are engaged in the life of the SBC. We have older people who are engaged in our convention as well. Uh, it needs to be geographically diverse. So uh, they can't all be from Texas. You know, they can't all be from Alabama. Uh, but instead, we need to try to take a look at uh, representing various regions within the SBC. Um, with the people who are um, who are serving on this committee. I think there's also uh, an important uh, factor for us to consider uh, ethnic representation uh, because yes. we are an eth- ethnically diverse 
a family of churches, and we want to make sure. Um, I think that's that's really especially important because um, you know there's a there's there's a lot of culture and viewpoint difference that comes uh, with the ethnic diversity that's in the convention. So um, you know you can tell that when you go to uh, a, a church service from churches that come from dif- different ethnicities, or even just the various fellowships. If you'll walk around the halls a little bit at the SBC annual meeting, you'll run into the Hispanic celebration that I attended. Uh, you'll run into the Asian American collective kickoff. Uh, you'll run into the African American fellowship. Uh, we had from Myanmar. We had a we had a Myanmar Baptist fellowship have their first ever meeting that's where ed Nyram judson went and kicked the whole yeah. thing off so Burma, yeah. uh but so they had their first they had their first gathering um this year and you go into those meetings and if you didn't know that there was cultural uh difference between these ethnic groups that are in the sbc you'll know it when you get finished going to those meetings every one of them feels just a little bit different and um so that ethnic diversity i think is important and then I think that there's also going to be a need to have some diversity of skill sets that are represented there as well, uh, Rick. I think um, I, I think it's important. Uh, obviously, I would what I did for school, but I I think it's important to have some people who have a firm grasp of the history of Southern Baptist Cooperation. Absolutely, yeah. who are serving on this task force because. We have a way of doing this that has worked very well for decades after decades after decades. And so if we've got some um, if we've got some rough spots in the road that are happening right now, um, we need to have an awareness of what's happening right now. But we also need some people who have a longer term vision back into the past to see times when we didn't have these rough spots and try to figure out what's changed. and see uh, how it is that we can we can sort all of this out and so i think it's also going to be important for us to kind of the final uh discussion about the about the makeup of the task force i think it's going to be important for us to have some people who have had past leadership roles in the convention um i think i think that's important because um we have a uh, um, because those people are well acquainted with the details of the way the cooperation works in the SBC. But then I think it's also important to have a person or two on there who's who sees things uh, from the pew, uh, if you will, uh, who are able to offer that perspective as well. I think that's I think that keeps us from being too inbred in our thinking when we allow some people. <laughs> who haven't necessarily been a past president of the convention or something like that to be engaged in that. And the last thing I'll say about the, about the makeup of the, of the committee is that I'm strongly considering using some people from the officer group of the SBC right now to help with this committee, whether it's ex officio or uh, as voting members of the committee, um, Don Currents, for example, um, his his job, the mayor, the mayor, the, the mayor, the yeah. mayor, mayor Don, his job as registration secretary for the convention is tightly connected with the subject matter of this group. And 
the credentials committee. He he is the officer who works with the credentials committee of the SBC. And they've just got some very valuable experience that's happened with the credentials committee uh, that um, that I think is that I think is important for us to consider. So um, so that's kind of an overview of some of the things that I'm thinking about, just to try to make sure that I uh, I said that two of those responsibilities uh, implementing what the messengers have told me to do is there. But then this, you know, the second part of that is asking. Uh, how can we answer the questions when you form a task force like this, the convention saying we have some unsolved problems or we have some unanswered questions. And so I want to make sure that that makeup brings the skill set in necessary to give the messengers the very best answers that they can. This task force does not get to decide what it means to be in friendly cooperation in the SBC. The messengers decide what it means to be in friendly cooperation with the SBC. The job of this group is to explore it thoroughly and give the messengers the information that they need in order to make a wise decision about what it means for us to cooperate within the SBC, to, to get that information together, maybe make a good recommendation also for the messengers to consider. Um, the methodology that you asked about, um, they're going to need to, um, they're going to need to listen broadly to Southern Baptists from all across the country. This is this cannot be a group of people going off into their ivory tower and deciding what's best for the SBC. Um, just this week, there's been a letter written by our National African American Fellowship, and yes. uh, there there are a lot of groups I think that have input that they would like to give. I think it's important for this task force to give space for everyone in the convention to be able to provide input from their perspective uh, so that so that so that the task force can make uh, intelligent and and thoughtful uh, recommendations that take into account the things that Southern Baptists have to say on this question. Well, that's well stated. And I've. I think if after hearing what you said, this twenty-seven person committee is have a lot. Of, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a lot. Oh, let's hope not. No. That, yeah, that is the I challenge, understand. isn't it? Because you look and you say uh, yeah. uh, that if too many people are on it, it's hard to to make things yes. work. But but if but if you don't have the right people on it, you could make a bad recommendation. Well, <clears throat> any that'd, be, that'd like be terrible. This, it needs to be big enough to get the job done representatively, uh, big enough to represent, but small enough to get the job done is what I'm yeah. trying to say. So it right. won't be as clunky if it's uh, like dealing with the legislature or something. <laughs> but that's well said. And Bart, I know you've, thought, you've given a lot of thought, a lot of prayer to this and want you to know we're praying for you as well. And we didn't just start yesterday praying for We started when you were elected and we'll continue to do that. Now, as you look toward 2024, is there anything you'd like to say about the next few months between now and then, or what will be maybe you wanting to emphasize in 2024, if you've given, been able to give that much thought? I know that's 11 months away. So I'm still working on trying to pull together a theme. Um, and gosh, just dead level honest with you, Rick, uh, between the funeral, then another uh -huh. family funeral that I had to go to last week. And um, all of those things that were happening and just the need to, to take a deep breath. Oh, um, 
I I can honestly say that I've done very little uh, to get ready for for 2024 besides um, uh, just a just a couple of things. Um, I'm I'm working on these task force appointments. That's sort of the first job that has come to me. Um, and um, and then I'm also I, I sat down with Al Gage and we went over the tape uh, just like a. With the parliament, uh, chief parliamentarian yeah. Al Gage, yes, uh, yeah. and we went over the tape of the 2023 annual meeting from beginning to end, just looking to see if there was anywhere that we could improve. Uh, and so, right now, I'm at the point where, in that way and in other ways, I'm debriefing out of New Orleans, right. and I think that's fruitful time spent before starting the pre-planning for Indianapolis. Well, I admit that was a premature question, but it's just one of those that uh, you always no, think. I think you've given me the opportunity. I thank you for giving yeah. me a chance to, to say that. Well, if that helps stimulate some thought, but I do I do think you're right. Debriefing helps you prepare. It, mm-hmm. If you're not looking back at what happened, learning from that, looking to the future, that helps enormously. Uh, Bart, um, also, well, let's brag on Southern Baptist a bit. Our International Mission Board, North American Mission Board, we have a, 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 I hate to use army of missionaries. That's maybe sound too militaristic. Maybe we ought to say we have a band of brothers and sisters who are on the mission field internationally and in North America and in state missions here in each state. And I know that you are keenly interested in seeing them be taken care of and fostering that kind of support through the cooperative program. You've always been a cooperative program pastor, and I applaud that and appreciate it. May your tribe increase. But we do know we have some challenges uh, all the way across. One of the more recent polls said charitable giving was down 10 plus percent last year. Now, you can argue polls here and there and beyond, but it is more challenging out there to Keep people focused on what we do together rather than what we can all do separately, which is always the temptation. There's nothing wrong with that. But there needs to be a commonality of that one mission and that one program helps us do that. You want to speak a word of affirmation about the cooperative program? Sure. I'll tell you, the sermon I preached yesterday at our church uh, was not actually about this, but a couple of points that I made fit well here. I told everybody in our church that if we want our church to be the kind of church Jesus wanted it to be, we need to make sure that everybody who's in our church has been born again and that everybody in our church acts like they've been born again. And oh, I think that that's something that, be that refreshing. <laughs> amen. Isn't that the truth? And I think that's, I think that's true for us too. I am, I went to school way too long and I love doctrine and theology. And I think that there's some importance to it. Uh, but Having all the right theology and not being born again will just make you the most educated person in hell. Uh, you'll know better than everybody else while while you're there, and that's not that's not good. Uh, and so, I think it's important for us to emphasize the gospel. And when we do that, I think we'll recognize that uh, if I've got um, if if I've got a missionary on the field who uh, agrees with me about our core distinctives as Southern Baptists and sees eschatology a little differently than I do, but is effective at winning people to Christ and planning churches, then 
you know, if I understand that you got to be born again, and if I act like I'm born again, I'm going to look at that and say, the value of what I'm gaining there is supremely important. Supremely important. And so that's why when I sat there on that platform and watched those 79 missionaries come across and be sent out at the SBC annual meeting, I, I thought to myself, Lord Jesus, I am, I am prepared to receive from your hand any decision that these messengers make so long as it moves forward. That work of winning the world to Christ. Now, I want you to understand, Rick, that when I said that, we had not cast ballots for presidential election yet. And very much in my heart, I, I had in my mind, if, uh, if, if, if I win, if Mike Stone wins, whatever God needs to do to keep those people who are up there standing behind those screens on that platform, moving forward to go even into the frightening places in the world, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. May God bring whatever outcome in that vote needs to happen for that to keep going. Because that's the important thing that's happening through the SBC annual meeting is, yeah. the, is the sending of those folks. And not just the international missionaries, but also the NAM church planners, also Absolutely. the people in Alabama who are active in disaster relief, who are sneaking across the border into Mississippi to help with those tornadoes and going yeah. all over the world to, 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 because our disaster relief actually goes internationally too. And so yeah. uh, when you look and you see the mission that's being accomplished through the SBC, that doesn't mean I can't have opinions about lesser things. It doesn't mean that I can't talk about my opinions about lesser things. Doesn't mean that we can't vote on and decide about lesser things, but God help us if we don't know that the lesser things are lesser things. Yeah. And we don't know that that mission is the thing that brings us together and makes it all worthwhile. And so I, I would just encourage everyone to think about it that way, to, to recognize that my wins or my losses, which very personally, we're talking about that with an election that my name's on the ballot, my wins and my losses are insignificant, inconsequential compared to the advance of the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world through the efforts of our churches. Well, that is very well said. And, and Mark, we, that's a refreshing reaffirmation of who we are. And we need to hear that more and more. Uh, the voices of cacophony, sometimes through social media, put us in a bit of a tailspin, especially in the run-up to the convention. That doesn't always play out that way. Uh, things generally go more smoothly. A lot of air comes out of the tires and all that before then. Yeah. But all in all, I think what we do, we have to keep in mind, we're the largest deliberative body in the world. So mm -hmm. that puts it in perspective. But when we have a reaffirmation every time we come together of who we are in the sense, not only of our doctrine, but also doctrinally, missionally, if we have that, then we'll have a, a more, again, more balanced perspective on who we are as a people and what we're called to do. Bart, thank you for your time. I want to tell you that I uh, personally love talking with you and in, in our conversations, what those we've had. Uh, I really do admire church historians. In fact, if I had it to do all over again, I would have majored in church history. But um, 
They'll still take you. Yeah. Well, I'm doing doing it now in history. And somebody asked when I talk about history, did you major in history? No, but I'm doing it now. And that's kind of taking. But we we appreciate you, and I personally do. And you and I will be together in a couple of weeks at a a gathering. Look forward to being able to fellowship with you then. I do too. Those of you who are listeners, we have and viewers, we've been able to have an engaging, thorough, comprehensive conversation with a current Southern Baptist Convention president, Dr. Bart Barber, who also is the pastor of First Baptist Church Farmersville. And before we sign off, Bart, we always like to ask the question, how can we, the listeners, those in Alabama Baptist Live, how can we best pray for you? Oh, right now, pray for God to lead me to the right people to serve not just on the task force that you were talking about, but any replacements and abuse reform implementation task force, and also for um, for the Great Commission Resurgence Task Force. So I have three groups that I need to appoint to, and they're very important appointments. Please pray for me. Every day I have to do things I don't know how to do. God's wisdom is what I'm counting on, and your prayers make that happen. Well, you have to make decisions on the move when you're in leadership. We understand that. You heard that. Listeners and viewers will be praying for Bart for daily wisdom. We need daily wisdom just like we need daily bread. Dr. Bart Barber, we sign off on this One Mission, the podcast, and we'll look forward to being with you real soon.